Hey everybody, and welcome to an all-new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. My name is Andy. Sitting across the table from me is Jenny. Hello. And 111 miles to our southwest is Megan. Hello. Be sure to give us a follow at the Elite Beat on Instagram, at the Elite Beat Pod, rather. And uh, Jenny, we're going to do what we always do first here. We're going to do the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Ooh, it's getting right into it. Um, I don't have much of a pop this week. Um, I have, I'm having a skinny girl margarita, which is just a twist off. That, that, that was no noise. And Andy, you were supposed to wait until uh, we had our Elite Beat Pop of the Week and to open your Diet Coke, but you already opened it. I sure did. All right. Well, that was disappointing. Megan, Pop of the Week? Oh yeah, I've got some Shandon here coming at you as a Kroger regular. Uh, let me get my little champagne opening tool that Jenny got me. You and Jenny got me, sorry. And I'll try to give you an okay pop. Here we go. That was a nice pop. That was a nice pop. Thank now, you. Jenny, I want you to tell me all about Skinny Girl and what it's done for you this year. So... Skinny Girl Margarita was invented by Bethany Frankel during her first season of The Real Housewives of New York. And as a watcher of The Real Housewives of New York uh, and and an enjoyer of Bethany Frankel's wit and charisma on that show and also on her spinoff shows, Bethany Getting Married, question mark, and Bethany Ever After, in which you can see the total demise of a relationship. Um, I had yet to try Skinny Girl Margarita until about two months ago. If that. Yeah, maybe. Is Has it only been a month? I don't know. Um, regardless, so Skinny Girl Margarita has been on the market for, I don't know, about 11 years now. Um, and I tried it a month or two ago. It's on Amazon Fresh, and it has totally changed my life. It's delicious. It is so easy. There's already tequila in it. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is screw off the top and pour it over ice, and you got yourself a margarita at home. And I tried it two months ago. I tried it on August 21st. Okay. It's great. Love it. I've purchased so many bottles off of Amazon Fresh over the last two months. And it's a good price point. It's $10. the same size as a bottle of wine. And you get probably, what, like four or five margaritas out of it? About four. Yeah. Pretty easy to drink the whole thing in one sitting. Try not to. Sure, yeah. Can't always, (laughs) you know, succeed in that. No, who could could be expected to? It's 12.7% alcohol. So, about wine. About like wine. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty great. I was going to list off the ingredients, but they are not on here. (laughs) It says it's made with blue agave silver tequila with triple sec, natural flavors, and caramel color added. Ooh, fun. Megan, you've, you've tried the Skinny Girl a few times now. Yeah, Jenny preached her lifestyle to me. 
and I tried it, and I really liked it, but apparently there is a shortage of it down in the Cincinnati area because I cannot find it on Amazon Fresh. It's always listed as out, and Walgreens, CVS, and Kroger have failed to deliver <laughs> within the last couple weeks, so I'm kind of... I, she got me addicted, and then and then my drug got taken away. Oh, no. They yeah. don't even carry it at our Kroger. Uh, maybe they never did at ours. I thought I tried to find it at one point, but I, I know I've gotten it from CVS before, and now it's just not there anymore. Like That's so strange. It I don't was, know if it's coming back. <laughs> it will, because it was out of stock on my Amazon Fresh for like two weeks. Or maybe three, and then it came back into stock. Okay, I'll keep my eye out for it because I, you know, it's not a, I feel like I'm not as deep into the lifestyle as you have gotten, but I do appreciate how easy it is to crack open that bottle and have a pretty decent margarita without any sort of real effort and having to buy the ingredients separately. So I, I want to get, I want that back. Yeah. Put that in my fridge and have it ready. Yeah, because like I, we don't have any liquor in our house ever so like i haven't been able to have a margarita this pandemic um i think <laughs> i got a margarita twice from condados like to go but it's pretty far drive to like go get a margarita and then to justify a margarita yeah, exactly um so it's been real nice and we also have taco night like every week so it's been real nice to like enjoy taco night with a little margarita oh yeah that's very fun festive and you know we're kind of getting away from the season so anything you can do to make the margarita time last i think is a good thing i hope so my last amazon fresh order i ordered five bottles <laughs> oh my god this is turning into the dasani thing <laughs> it is well, like I'm, I was ordering from Amazon Fresh too too frequently. I needed to like, I need to calm that down. Um, so my solution to that was just <laughs> make one large order. One large yep, order. the same amount you would have bought in piecemeal. Just throw it all together. Yep, the math checks out. <laughs> Let and, us... Oh, I was gonna say one other fun fact: Bethany Frankel reportedly sold Skinny Girl Margarita to Jim Beam uh, for $100 million. Wow. So Good for her. Yeah, right? Yeah, get that money. And I, of course, am drinking, just for the taste of it, Diet Coke. Ah. Couldn't have waited so that our listeners could have a crack. I, it did not cross my mind, to be quite honest. All right, let us get into the wrestling content for the week. Megan, did you watch uh, the 225th episode of Being the Elite? Of course I did. Okay, what was it like? I didn't watch it. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't take notes. Um, no, you it was... expected to? Just give me a general impression. It was long. <laughs> right. It felt long. Um, it It was one of the like the down slopes of the roller coaster that has been BTE these last couple months, I think. Okay. It wasn't as good as last week. No John Silver on it? Uh, yeah, the Dark Order and John Silver were on it. It's just there are other things that offset mm -hmm. their funniness. Um, Hangman, 
I did have a moment where he and they showed him and Brandon in I guess his truck somebody's truck going through the parking lot of the stadium throwing watermelons at shit which is really just the ground and then he ran out of watermelons and Brandon's like here's a pumpkin and so he threw a pumpkin on the ground and then between cuts he like we cut away from them in the car and then back to them walking away from their activity and hangman has placed the pumpkin on his head so that was kind of fun and i think the big plot line in that part was that he set the pumpkin down because he's a little drunk and he places his phone in the pumpkin and says hold this for me buddy and then he walks away and uh doesn't come back to it but at the end of the episode we see somebody um Okay, so Matt and Nick decide, we're going to have a conversation with Hangman. We're going to clear this up. Everything's going to be good. So they show the, a sequence of them texting Hangman's phone and saying, hey, guys, like, we really miss you as a friend, and we really just think we could solve this with, like, a conversation. Let's talk it out. And this is after Adam has placed the phone in the pumpkin. So somebody picks up his phone, responds very negatively to their text, making them believe that Adam hates them, but we don't see who it is. Yeah, so uh, that's how that all comes around. So I think that's only the the only like plot relevant stuff that happened. Um, okay. yeah, I can't really remember the other stuff. It that was a while ago. Yeah, I I would say watch it. You know, it's just it's the thirty minute one, and yeah, it it's not the best episode. So I didn't watch Dark, and, and and we don't really talk about Dark at this point because it just got to be it got to be something other than what it was originally intended to be. Um, but Peter Avalon and Brandon Cutler did have their rematch on this week's Dark, so their first match ended in a double countout. And Megan, if you were uh, gonna bet how perhaps this match might end, double countout. No, but disqualification. Double disqualification. That's right. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. So, uh, that continues. So, <laughs> Wait, it was a singles match between the two of them? Yes, this was their second their second singles match. How did they both get disqualified at the same time? They both grabbed foreign objects and prepared to use them, and then the referee disqualified them both. Huh. Oh, this wasn't one of those let, let them play out? moments they just stopped him before one of them could hit first yeah apparently avalon grabbed a book and brandon cutler grabbed his his big dice okay so what other ways can you have a match not time on a draw Mm -hmm. but they'd have to go 20 minutes for that to happen oh my god which i guess you could do that on dark if you really wanted to um but anyway especially if it was in its original format where it was like four matches and then you're out of there Speaking of which, I, I saw I, um, you know, we, we usually record these on Thursday nights, um, but we're this week uh, for other for reasons. We're recording it on Sunday afternoon, late afternoon. So the ads for this next week's Dark have already come out. There are sixteen matches on Dark Good this week. Lord, why are I, they all like two minutes? <laughs> I don't know. I'm afraid it's going to be like a two and a half hour show. Oh my god! Yeah, that's too much. It's, yeah, it's way too much. I'm not. I'm not like. It's. I, I. don't know what they're doing. None of the matches look. It's like Sean Spears versus Christopher Daniels is. I think the only. 
roster roster that's even yeah that's even roster versus roster oh i'm sorry no actually there's you know what i'm wrong but it's still not enough to justify <laughs> watching a 16 match show there's sean spears yeah. versus christopher daniels there's uh penta versus qt marshall there's sunny kiss versus ray phoenix and there is Frankie Kazarian versus Jack Evans, which that sounds like a probably a good match. But point is, then you've got 12 other matches that are just like, just yeah. matches where you know what's going to happen in them. And they can't possibly last that long. Yeah. Oh, oh dark. I miss you the old way. Well, let's talk about a show that is uh, pretty much um, as it always has been. AEW Dynamite. Yay. Yes, it, as it always has been for the last year, because this is the AEW Dynamite anniversary show. But it is Hooray. not our anniversary show, because we started... Because A, this is not actually the anniversary of Dynamite. It's like two weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> and and we actually started, like I guess, the week before Dynamite started. Why so, is it two weeks later? I don't know. I guess they just had, like this was the week that they kind of like planned out for the big the were big they worried matches. about the playoffs and the the basketball still i don't know i mean last week they had jericho's 30th so you can't have two anniversaries on the same night yeah weird yeah. oh well i don't think they they really had much pomp and circumstance around it people kept mentioning how it's been a year in promos um Actually, one promo I'm thinking of in particular, but it wasn't like they did extra stuff or had extra set pieces. It was kind of subdued, honestly. Yeah. No, in fact, at one point, JR threw to a, uh, a what he said was a video package of things from our first year, but it was a picture-in-picture video package. So, A, you had to squint to see it, and B, like there was no sound accompanying it. Yikes. Did you, did Not, you get that on, on your feed? Yeah, the thing is, they they threw to picture in picture as usual, so I figured I would get just whatever they were showing in full screen, and there was no sound, so it made it very weird. <laughs> That's real weird. Oh, God. Yeah, they could have given us sound um, over yeah. in the UK, yeah, but they didn't. Govna. It was, oi, governor indeed. It was kind of weird to have just this silent feed of video that i've already seen without any of like music or effects it was weird Mm -hmm. there wasn't even a cake nope like that's the least you can do yeah well they didn't do it they did have up on the big screen between matches and stuff it did say AEW dynamite like anniversary show but i expected more since they went to the trouble of announcing it um but that's as far as i remember that's all we got really but that's not to say that this show was like bad or anything i'm just i don't know i mean if this was like a husband wife anniversary the husband would be would have been sleeping on the couch for this type of you know effort (laughs) yeah that's fair there would have been an angry spouse on an anniversary no you normally do better than i do (laughs) gosh that's why she specified a husband Mm -hmm. 
Okay, well, with that being said, let's jump into it. Um, the first match was special in that it was for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. It was Best Friends versus FTR, and for this one, they did not enforce the 20-minute TV time limit that FTR asked for in the last couple. So I don't know what made this different, but they were willing to agree to 60 minutes. What made this different was that Tony Khan made them. They, uh, they, they. I think they, the best friends said that they had gotten this match approved by Tony Khan last week. Okay, so the implication is that he wasn't playing the FTR game. It was yeah, just standard tag team title rules. I wonder if okay. TK likes Skinny Girl. <laughs> Along with his. Well, no, but it it feels it feels in the same vein as White Claw. Just because you transitioned from White Claw to Skinny Girl doesn't mean that Tony Khan did. You know what? I think Jenny's right though. That she has a point. It's a convenient drink that you could put those in a duffel bag and take them places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, TK. Um. Yeah. Okay. So TK put together this match and said sixty minutes was what we're doing. Uh, it did not go 60 minutes, and FTR did not get unseated as the champions, partially because they just straight-up cheat all the time. So FTR won when Dax pinned Chuck, but that was after Cash had hit him in the head with his belt when the ref was distracted. Yeah. And no, they didn't need the 20 minutes anyway. It was, yeah, it went 16.37. Oh, okay. I was wondering if they would go beyond 20 minutes just to show they could. Or not, but then then FTR could complain. I don't know. I was thinking the 20 minutes might come into play somewhere. It did not. Now, the big, the big thing in this match was Kip and Penelope were in the crowd. Well, not in the crowd. They were, like, behind the guardrail with their arcade cabinet set up. And they were, and Kip was mansplaining how to play a video game to Penelope. Um, and... But you never got to see you never the actual to see video, video game, game screen... Because we later found out that it was just a cardboard box with a controller set on top of it. So, true as that may be, at some point, Trent got thrown into the um, the uh, cabinet. Or maybe he ran himself into it and one of the FTR guys ducked out of the way. I forget exactly which. No, but... he got, I think it's important to say, he got thrown in by an FTR guy. He did okay, not. so it wasn't his fault. Yeah. Okay. The point is... That was like kind of that was a big turning point in the match, and also that was like you know that was I I am not now, do you remember last week when we saw Kip and Miro playing that arcade cabinet and it was just like this is what they're doing with Miro. Mm-hmm. Now I'm okay with it because they used it to set something up. Yes, they did. Yes, they, if, 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 if the arcade cabinet had just been here this week and they destroyed it right out of the gate, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be happy with it. But they actually established it the week before, and then now you have the payoff. So I actually, I like that little bit of attention to storytelling. I like what they're doing with Miro, primarily because I was right. And I think they can transition when they need to. Yeah, I know. You say it every and week. And I'm right. I was right. <laughs> she just wants you to right. tell her she's right. <laughs> so how does this come into play after the after the match, Megan? This comes into play after the match because in the moment, Kip is horrified, but no one cares. And so he sends Penelope, 
like right away he says go get him go get him and she runs off this is mid-match so after the match she returns with miro and miro runs out and just starts beating up the best friends which is kind of unfair because again ftr threw them through it but miro starts beating them up kip helps briefly um and then they both get on the mic and kip's like this was my favorite thing and miro's like says some stuff in um bulgarian and then translates it and basically calls the best friends hey good friends like you broke my shit game over <laughs> so so he's coming for them i believe is what the implication was uh i don't know that they got a match set for that but that is clearly where they're where they're going with it i could see that being um pay-per-view yeah pay-per-view i could see that being a match on uh full gear i don't want to inflate jenny's ego any further than it already is around <laughs> this particular subject but i do I was impressed by the way they made me suddenly care because I was starting to be like, man, it's weird Miro's kind of a goofball having seen him, you know, in WWE. But I was kind of okay with just how quickly he turns into the big, mean, scary guy if you break his video game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He, he like, hulks out. That's fine. He He can do both. And I like that there's a switch to flip and it works perfectly within his story of being a goofball that likes video games and wants to be Kip's best man, so. You know, we're all complex human beings. Yeah, but he was such a big scary monster and then, you know, he he hasn't really shown that. scary monster. Remember the time he did a WrestleMania entrance and he had a tank, though? Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. (laughs) I was hoping for, like, more of that. Maybe hey, well, I don't think they have tank budgets yeah. here at AEW, but you know, maybe TK or more likely SK has access to a tank just maybe, on their own. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Now, what you failed to mention, Megan, is that uh, there actually was a match here. Well, that was the next match. I mean, you know, well, no, but the promo was after the match. Oh. I wrote it out of order. You're right. Okay, so there was a match, but um, I guess take from my inability to get it straight that that match didn't really mean much. It was no, uh... It went two minutes. And that's how, yeah. that's how long it should have gone. Wait, what oh, match? Mirror Lee Kim. Johnson. Sorry, go ahead, Megan. Oh, I'm sorry. So Lee Johnson and Sean Maluda noted, like, awesome tag team. Who are Come out. <laughs> exactly. So these boys come out after Kip and Miro get all hot and bothered by this video game thing so you know they're screwed and as andy said it was a two minute smash him where miro went wild and took out his rage i think kip maybe got a splash in but it was largely just miro beating the shit out of these two boys and then he puts sean maluda in a camel clutch and that's that's it that's how it ends uh poor sean taps out but miro doesn't let go right away because he's still pissed this is the miro that i wanted to see like doing doing this squat where basically like I think Kip Sabian did one splash and Miro took care of the rest of it and just beat the fuck out of these guys and then cut that great fired up promo where he called them the good friends and <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, said that you broke my shit. Do you think that that was a shot fired at Chuck? Uh, saying shit. Oh, oh. Wow. Chuck's been, Chuck's been wanting to say it for a year now. That's right. 
there would be layers to that burn. I didn't even think of it that way because I just assumed this is like, this is Miro at like 11. Like he's pissed. So he's just saying stuff, but maybe it was. I heard someone also speculate that, that they think that there was more to him calling them the good friends than, than just like him, you know, his character messing up the name. Uh, they thought that like, well, it's because Miro is the best the man. Best so man, nobody yeah. else is the best. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes oh, sense. Yeah, I could see that. I just assumed it was kind of a little barb of like, I'm not going to get your name right because I don't respect you. Oh, I thought it was like a dig at at them not being like, maybe like he and Kip are better friends than. Oh, that could Cause, be too. Yeah, because he's the best man to his best friend. Right. Megan might be right though. It might just be like, it might be like Conor McGregor when he was at that press conference and the fi- other fighter was talking behind him and he just... After he after he like talked shit about Connor for like two minutes, Connor just goes, "Who the fuck is that guy?" <laughs> oh yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> is Connor McGregor still problematic at this point, or has I, he made I mean, his turn? He's he's a uh, he's trying to. I think he's trying to be a better person, but I think it's also like just it's hard for him because he's got. I think he's got like alcohol problems, and you know, it's just like. Man, I I feel bad because at the height of his game, he was the best heel ever. The like he was the best maybe Chael, <laughs> the best heel, um, non like real fight man. Yeah, he was like he was like Chael Sonnen if Chael Sonnen had been able to like win at a high level. Yeah, that was the thing. Conor McGregor always talked mad shit, but then he would win his matches. So, yeah. what are you gonna say? Okay, well, um, that's what Kib and Miro are up to. I, I worry that the greatest thing in their life has been taken away from them. So what do they do now? But their most prized possession. Kip looked <laughs> just the expression on his face was great. It was just like, oh, you've you've killed my machine. Hopefully, Miro can buy his best friend a new one for like a wedding present. That'll be fine. I hope so. I heard that that was actually like a nice, uh, nice stick. So I hope I hope it's okay. Oh yeah, you gotta put in the gimmick stick for this. You cannot waste your real good yeah. sticks. Yeah, anyway, from there, we go backstage where more anger is happening. Um, Lance Archer is beating the shit out of John Moxley while Jake Roberts stands nearby and laughs and enjoys the hell out of it, but. The implication is that Lance is causing some major damage, so we're going to need updates later to see if John Moxley is still up for this uh, main event match he's got against Lance. After I that... I can't wait oh. to see the Dark Side of the Ring episode about Jake Roberts. Aren't there going to be, like, four of them? I think I think what ended up happening was, that since it's just going to be... It's going to cover his whole family, but it's going to be, like, primarily about him. What, what do you mean his whole family? So, like, there was this list of topics for the next season of Dark Side of the Ring that kind of came out, and it listed Jake Roberts, and then it also listed Grizzly Smith, who is his father, who is a wrestler, Rockin' Robin, who is his sister, who was a wrestler, and Sam Houston, who is his brother, who was a wrestler. Oh, wow. And, and I was, like, talking to Megan about it, and I was just like, I was just like, I was, I was telling her who these people were, because I knew she didn't know. I barely know who some of them are. And it was just like, I can't imagine them, like, doing four different episodes. And then it was clarified that, like, those are all going to be part of the Jake Roberts episode. 
Oh, so he's not even getting a full episode. I don't know, it might be a two-parter, like Chris Benoit got in season two. I wonder, because I, I mean... I assume Jake's going to sit down with them and talk. Well, he showed up in prior seasons to yeah. comment on other people, so why wouldn't he bother yeah, that's, that's telling his story? I figured he had, like, the relationship, so, you know. Going to have Jim Cornette screaming about stuff in the background. <laughs> yeah. He gets so worked up. He does, yeah. I need to finish season two, though. It's really good. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched Dark Side of the Ring, it's on Hulu now, which is what I needed to happen for me to watch it. Yeah, both seasons. Yeah. All right. After the Jake the Snake stuff, um, we go to the announce team who start talking about the AEW World Title, Title Eliminator Tournament, which is the one with eight individual wrestlers going through a tournament to see who gets to fight the presumably i'm gonna say john moxley but the aw world champion at uh full gear so no, no. the I'm finals wrong. of the tournaments at full gear oh okay you're right because moxley has other stuff we don't know um, the title shot when they're gonna get that title shot yeah okay so yeah it culminates at full gear but they revealed who all is in it now all eight people as well as showing the actual brackets so on the left side, we have Penta L Zero versus Ray Phoenix, so brothers facing brothers, um, and Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. And then on the right side, we have Colt Cabana versus Hangman Adam Page and Wardlow versus Jungle Boy. And they didn't make this clear on the broadcast because maybe they didn't know exactly what they were doing yet, but it has become clear since then this entire first round is going to take place Wednesday night on Dynamite. Oh, is that just what Wednesday Night Dynamite's going to be? I think largely, yeah. So, I'm, I am really excited. I, I think this tournament looks great. Are we getting close to full gear? Yes. November yes. 7th, Jenny. Yeah. We just had the last pay-per-view. Um, in, at the beginning of September, yeah. Man, it feels like we just had that. Yeah, well, yeah, it was only going to be like a two-month gap for this, for this uh, series. So, yeah, so we've got, we got three Dynamites to go before. Okay. Before, uh. So let's let's fill out our brackets. Yeah, yeah. Champagne bet. Does it? Yeah. Does anybody? I guess I, I should have like prepped this from for beforehand. But uh, Megan, like, do you want to? Do, do you have any? Look at this bracket. What do you think? I worry it's too obvious that it's going to come down to Hangman and Kenny, but that's what I want. Okay, so let's say that that's it. How do you how how do you get there? I would like aside, say aside from them winning, obviously. Um, I think Penta wins versus Phoenix because Penta's meaner, and then Kenny wins, and then Kenny beats Penta. And on the other side, uh, Adam wins. And I actually wasn't sure about Wardlow and Jungle Boy because I figured you'd have to have Jungle Boy win because he's better, but Wardlow is also mean and he's the heel, so. If I'm going with boys do for a big win though. He is, but if I'm putting over Kenny and Adam, then me having him win would just set him up for another big loss. So I wanna say Wardlow and Adam. Pro and, and Wardlow through like nefarious means. Okay. I'm gonna And go. then that's how you get down Kenny Adam. Jenny? I'm going to go Ray Phoenix 
winning the first match, Kenny winning his match, then I'm going to go Hangman winning his match, and Jungle Boy winning. Then I'm going to go with Kenny winning over Ray Phoenix, Hangman winning uh, over Jungle Boy, and then I get to Kenny and Hangman, and we have to also have to pick the winner of that, right? Yeah. Megan, did you pick the winner of that? I did not. I'm going to say Hangman. Jenny? She's trying to do the wrestling math in her head. I think this, doesn't this tournament look great though? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be really fun. Other than Colt and Janela. I like both of them. <laughs> Don't you like Janelle more now that he's teamed up with Sonny Rose? I do. I do like him more now that he and Sonny are friends. Did you hear Janelle on uh, Art of Wrestling? I haven't listened yet, but I okay. definitely have it queued up. It's I did really not good. automatically delete it. It's, it's actually pretty charming. <laughs> okay. Okay, guys. I I have to go with my boy Hangman winning, but I don't know that that's actually going to happen. Okay. Okay, mine's going to be pretty similar to uh, Jenny's as I've got Phoenix and Kenny coming out of the left side and Hangman and Wardlow coming out of the right. Oh, you said Jungle Boy. Oh, I so, said I got, Jungle Boy. so I got Wardlow. I've got, cause I and Megan, you also picked Wardlow, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're... Penta. Okay. Um, so I think I think Hangman's going to beat Wardlow. I don't, I don't see the value in Hangman beating Jungle Boy. I think him beating Wardlow would be more impressive. Um, and Kenny will beat Ray Phoenix because obviously the map. I mean, obviously the finals is going to be Kenny versus Hangman because that's what they've been setting up, and that's otherwise they wouldn't have put them on opposite sides of the bracket. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, and <clears throat> so and I think Kenny is going to win. Yeah, okay. I worry that Kenny is actually going to win because I think Kenny versus Moxley as a world title feud makes a lot of sense for the. For the like the the winter. Oh, and you know what? I think I picked Kenny to be the next world champion after Moxley, right? I think you said you that, did. Yeah. Shit, you're allowed to change. Oh, well, my heart doesn't want me to change, but I can I change? Yeah. Will our listeners be mad? No. Because I want Hangman to win. I do, and I will root for Hangman. That's fine. During that match. That's but better. I, that means that I, you win no matter what happens. I do think Kenny is going to win because I do think that it would make sense to move out Moxley as world champion in the February pay-per-view. Okay. See, I don't I just don't know if I they don't. can go that long between like like I don't know if they can put off the title shot for that long. If he's winning it on November seventh, then, you know, Going all the way to the end of February. I don't know if... I, that's a long time to between big title matches. Because Kenny's committed to becoming a singles wrestler, so he would want to go right away. Yeah. See, you guys are coming at it logically from that point of view. I was thinking more the like emotional drama between Kenny and Adam, where if Adam wins, in my head, he's going to be like, Look, Kenny, I can do this, but I don't want to. I want us to get back together. And I beat you because you 
you can't you're not ready for it so let's get the team let's get the band back together i think it would also make sense if kenny when he beats hangman it's because he finally like turns full heel on him and like he cheats cheats or yeah or takes advantage of his like you know of hangman's willingness to like or wanting to get back together yeah I'm I also think really Pentagon excited for that Ray match. Phoenix, I also think Pentagon versus Ray Phoenix is going to be awesome on Wednesday. Do you think that they're going to... I mean, because they're both bad guys, so they're they're just going to be like, screw it, and try to kill each other, right? Yeah, I, I've seen Penta versus Phoenix matches before from Mexico, and they're like, those guys are awesome against each other, which makes sense because they're brothers, but yeah. Anyway, this this tournament's very exciting to me. I'm I'm really glad they're doing the whole first round on on Wednesday. I think that's great. Yes, it's gonna be a packed show. I, I guess unless that's all there is on the show. I think um, we'll get to it because I have it in my notes. But I believe there's more stuff that got announced oh, for okay. next week. So we'll see. Uh, but that's a big one if if true because they did not say that like you said on the show. So interesting. All right. From there, guys, we get an in-ring promo from MJF, who comes out. He's accompanied by his boy, Wardlow. And he opens his his segment by putting Jericho over and then calling for him to come out because, as you know, last week, MJF wants Jericho to be present for a big announcement that he has, he, MJF, is going to make. So Jericho and the Inner Circle come out. They're all wearing their inner circle jackets that were gifted to them by MJF, except for Sammy, because Sammy didn't get one. But we find out later that MJF has remedied his mistake and gotten Sammy a jacket for himself. The problem is, it's like... Yes, he got Sammy a tarp to cover a grill. (laughs) Yep, he got like (laughs) maybe a triple XL for little Sammy. I believe it's actually a 5X jacket. Oh my god. Yeah, Sammy's swimming in it. He takes the time to... Jericho demands he puts it on, first of all. Sammy's very bitter about this. And then once he gets it on, he flails his arms to show that his hands won't come out the end. And it just looks like a little kid that got stuck in their dad's jacket. I I thought it looked like a penguin. That too. Well, he kind (laughs) of... He's so stilted and he refuses to move. But yeah, poor Sammy. So MJF's like pretty proud he got sammy that jacket and then he moves on to start complimenting jericho again he points out his killer abs and his beautiful hair and he asks he was right jericho his his abs were like popping it looks like a, like that you know how you put the spray paint or spray tan <laughs> yeah. on yeah yeah i've got to agree with jenny popping, but i i do i did feel like maybe there was some spray tan happening well whatever he was doing he looked he looked uh he looked cut I, yeah, because the last time I remember seeing him in a match, he's got that, like, boxy physique, and I don't believe I've ever seen Jericho abs in, in these here later years, well, which is and, fine. And at the beginning of the year, he made this big push, and he was pushing it on Instagram, and it was pissing me off about, like, how he was, like, down, like, 20 pounds or down 30 pounds, you know, and, and like, posting his weight and stuff. Um, and then I think, like... Maybe during his last match, I was like looking at it. I was like, Andy, I think maybe COVID like brought on those extra, like brought back on some of that January weight. 
And, uh, but then it was like one week later and now all of a sudden he has abs again. Like those were spray painted on. Oh. Jenny's calling yep. fake news on Jericho's abs. I'm, I'm willing to go down that path with her because Jericho, he has like wrestler dad bod. And that's okay. I don't want to yeah, sound like I'm shaming him at all. He's your old man, yeah. I'm, I'm, totally yeah. Good. I'm totally okay with it. Um, I just, they were definitely spray painted on. Maybe he's yeah. getting, maybe he's getting his, like, his New Japan body ready. Uh, does that involve, like, He, he always, like, puts on more memes? weight before he goes over there. Because he has a theory about, like, like, just being, like, bigger and burlier for the Japanese audience. He thinks that's what, you know, like, like a Bruiser Brody type physique more yeah and i can see that makes sense to me for you know culturally how they have perceived wrestlers it's just i don't know that those abs pop out that quickly Mm -mm. especially if you're drinking a little bit of the bubbly that's right by the way uh congratulations to extended uh aew universe member kota ibushi for winning uh back-to-back g1s Wow. Yay, congrats, Coda. Yeah. Hopefully and also you... saving the city from a monster. That's right. Hopefully hopefully this, this coming Tokyo Dome he will actually win the title and not, not fail like last time. Oh, that sounds harsh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well uh sorry for the tangent about Jericho's abs. I'm not which we we got around to Kota Ibushi who has legit beautiful abs. Um, but that's not the point. Um, you know, Jericho's hair is really great too. MJF wants to touch it. And Jericho lets him. Which I guess is fine. And then Jericho cuts him off and says, Hey, let's cut the shit. What's this big announcement you've got? Because, you know, time is valuable. He's standing out there for whatever MJF's going to get into. And it's taking forever. So MJF's like, look, Chris Jericho. We're both great, right? You're the demo god, so just call me the ratings ruler. To which nobody goes, like, the crowd boos and Jericho's like, yeah, not working. Um, So MJF's like, okay, let's take a different approach. So he goes with the metaphor that both he and Jericho are predators, but their prey have been adapting. And so they're going to need to adapt too, which means they should be working together. I like the top dogs. Yeah, it worked. Um, I don't. I think he's overstating his particular role, but sure, that's how he sees himself. Yeah, he sees himself and Jericho as like one A and one B, whereas I don't really think that's like like Jericho is like, you know, a former AEW champion and Max one time got to wrestle John Moxley and lost. So yep, <laughs> yep, different tiers. Yeah. Of but, you know, MJF is a heel, so he overblows his own image. And he's, he struggles with the next part, which is him trying to just say he wants to join the inner circle. He, he makes a few attempts and garbles the wording and switches to other things because he just cannot. Pride will not allow him to admit he wants to be part of it. But he does like, finally spit, spit out the words. It's like the Fonz trying to say he's sorry. Yeah. yeah, but they've already done this bit so many times. I'm so over it. There, I think Jericho's really into those kinds of bits. Like, the fonts. Like Abbott and Costello so routines like and like, The yeah. fourth time, <laughs> specifically, he and MJF had to have the same con. Like, it's just, well, ugh. You're going to get at least another week of it. I can't. 
Because let's because well, go on, Megan. Okay. Well, to to be fair, Jenny, MJF does eventually sputter out. I'd like yeah. to be in the inner circle. It, ta- it takes him like three minutes. It's ugh. yeah, and Jericho looks at him for a second, and Ortiz, the Jenny of this group, <laughs> fed up with this bullshit, <laughs> snatches the mic out of MJF's hand and says, "Look, Max, we get it. You want to be part of the group, but nobody wants you here, so." You're not going to be part of the group. And then he looks at Jericho and goes, can we just go now? I I forget who, who it was. I, I want to say it was Steve Austin, but I'm not 100% sure. He used to talk about, he, he one time on his podcast, he was talking about, and he wasn't talking about promos, but I think you can apply it to promos. He was talking about, like, if you're working a match and the audience isn't, like, into what you're doing, he says it's a good idea. He said his, his analogy was, think of it as, like, you're, you're riding on the highway, and if you get stuck in traffic you need to have some off ramps to take. And mm-hmm. so if if a match isn't working, you can take the off ramp and switch it up and try something else. And or just finish the match. <laughs> uh, so yep. I kind of think like MJF maybe if he was a little more seasoned, he would have realized that like what he was selling this week, the audience wasn't really buying mm-hmm. and he could have gotten to the point a little bit more quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty long sequence for this to happen and I was like, thank you, Ortiz. Thank you for saying what we were all thinking. But apparently it's not what Jericho was thinking. Because Jericho says, you know what, Max? I need some time to think about it. But how about you and I make a date for next week? We're going to have a steak dinner. And it got weirdly aggressive. Like, it was the most aggressive date setting that I've ever seen. Um... So they're going to meet for a steak dinner next week, and we learn later that it's going to be called La Dinner Debonair. Yeah. yeah. I do like that they're promoting um, a dinner segment like a match. I was already trying to figure out, so they're just going to put them in the ring with a table and some steak on it? Like they'll a restaurant have, set. Yeah. They'll probably okay. use that same restaurant set that uh, Brody used. Hopefully Cody is not on commentary. <laughs> If I have to hear Daddy Eats first, I will <laughs> I will walk out of the room. Oh, no. Yeah. I never want to hear that phrase again. Me either. But I would like a steak dinner. Well, you, you could make one to watch next week's episode if you really want to get in on the party. That's true. That, that's a little late for our dinner. <laughs> it is. But maybe you could just eat steak that night in spirit and then okay. think... Think about your dinner when you're watching later and just say, like, I was there. I get it. But, yeah, that's uh, that was kind of the outcome of this. There was a tense moment where Wardlow and Jake Hager stared at each other because the inner circle left the ring fairly quickly, but Hager lingered, and he stared at Wardlow, and Wardlow did not look away, so those two still hate each other, which makes sense. I still, I just love that, you know, this company will, like, They'll do little teases of things all the time and remind you that, like, hey, this, this is still happening in the background, so don't forget about it. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. And I'd watch those two boys try to kill each other. Yeah. What do you want to have for our steak dinner next week? Steak? <laughs> well, yeah, what size? I'm, I'm thinking roasted broccoli and garlic bread. Okay. Do we have steak? I feel like... No, but we can we can make a Whole Foods order. <laughs> okay. Your steak dinner is going to be so much fancier than whatever no. set piece these two no. end up with. I will say that the last time they did a steak dinner, they the 
the filet mignon that John Silver had in front of him was making me very jealous. And then someone, I think maybe Reynolds had like a twice baked potato, like a loaded baked potato type situation. Yeah. I wanted that potato and that steak. Mm-hmm. Well, neither of them got to enjoy it because they both got screamed at for different reasons yeah, and I would have taken made to tweet. leave the table. Remember when John Silver and Alex Reynolds were just guys and they didn't have any personalities? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Apparently, the Dark Order was like the biggest disaster in the company? Yeah. <laughs> I also remember when you told me that we saw an episode of NXT where John Silver jobbed to somebody and I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was Lars Sullivan's first match. Ew, gross. Yeah. <laughs> Weird times. Mm-hmm. Well. What, are you going to have a steak dinner? I mean, I guess I could. <laughs> we haven't made our menu for this week, but I could definitely buy some steak and eat it in solidarity. I looked at our, our HelloFresh. We don't have anything similar to steak coming this week. See, I'm jealous of you guys because Jenny has those giant red wine glasses and I can just already see she's going to make a fancy steak with all the sides she described and then you're just going to have a beautiful glass of red wine with it and yep. it's going to be a whole spread. Jenny Jenny yep. goes big. That, the big glass of red wine was already in my head. <laughs> I assume that was the staple piece and then you designed around it. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. I know how your steak dinners work. And every dinner, really. Okay, guys. Is this a good bread club segue? I don't think there was a bread club tweet this week. I didn't see one come through in our group chat. I can check real quick. It is a good place to talk about it, though, because, you know, a delicious roll with the steak dinner. Oof, I love it. That sounds really good. Yeah, give me a buttery dinner roll thank you oh your garlic biscuits cheesy garlic briskets man i was so jealous yeah i did recently order red lobster and it was just a blatant excuse to get a bunch of cheesy garlic biscuits like i don't even really think i focused that much on my actual meal i just ate a bunch of biscuits (laughs) as you should okay i think there has been I think there has been one since the last time we recorded. Okay. <clears throat> this was on the 10th. So yeah, so that would have been after we last recorded. Hello, Bread Club. I've just finished my workout. I ate Danish pastry. Do you know Danish? It's delicious, baby. <laughs> Three exclamation points. Nice. I'm glad he's learning what Danish is. Yeah. I haven't had a Danish in... 10 years? <laughs> wow. That was specific. You I could definitely that remedy that if you wanted to. I like Danish, but yeah, like Jenny, I, Jenny's not really much of a Danish person, so we don't really... We never have them. Is that where uh, the, it's like got like... Um, jelly in the middle? Yeah, I don't like I don't like my donuts filled with things. But it's not a donut. I don't like my pastries filled with things. Yeah, that's that I also so that's not true. We have had Danish um within the last year, um, because La Chatelaine does sell I think you got a Danish one time. Okay. The COVID times. I'll believe you. 
I will also believe. I think that if you get a Danish from La Chatelaine, it's probably really delicious. It was it was really good. Yeah. I prefer their tarts though. Which is similar to a Danish, I think. But it has custard as well. Okay. Okay. Well Bread Club I I appreciate that he's also including like just general baked goods. Yeah, he didn't discriminate. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. We had um I got the Pillsbury Grands pumpkin cinnamon rolls. And we oh, had hell those yeah. this weekend. It, they were really good. I recommend. I may have to try that. I love pumpkin spice everything, even though I think that makes me a basic bitch. Whatever. But I'm fine with it. You know who knows Jimmy... a lot about pumpkin spice? Starbucks? I... <laughs> Former Starbucks barista, Tony Schiavone. Oh, oh man oh good segue yeah yeah he's doing the work for me because i was struggling to figure out how we get back but anyway andy's right speaking of tony tony got i think a like to go to the spa i think overall it was a good experience for him i was so jealous <laughs> i would love to go so, to the spa would you love to go with Britt baker because that's how tony experienced the spa and yeah. Like, maybe not talk a lot with Britt. It, it seems like Britt really wanted to talk because she had a lot to say, Jenny, including to give us the role number five of being a role model, and that is to be the baddest bitch on the block, like JLo. I'm just Jenny from the block. Yeah. She didn't say like JLo. I just feel like because we've watched JLo movies recently, um, I had to add that in my brain. But yeah, um, Brit is back. Brittany's back, bitches. Brittany's <laughs> <laughs> back, bitch. Yeah, and she just wants you to know that that's just like remind you that she put the entire division on notice. And because she did all that work last week, now this is her self-care day. And she's got Tony with her. And then she's appalled to look over and see that Tony is shirtless because he's at the spa. She's wearing a, like a robe of some kind, but Tony is just full on shirtless and she well, freaks no, out a little bit. She said, like, are you naked? Like he may, and then when the next thing, when they're getting a pedicure, she covers up the gap between his legs. I, I, I worry that Tony was a little naked. You know what? Tony's at the spa and I think they tell you to, they don't to disrobe. your underwear. Well, I don't know. I've never been to a spa. I ain't fancy. Um, but you know, I feel like for massages and stuff, don't they tell you to take off your top? And yeah. and if not... You take off your top. Um, you are welcome to take off your bra if you're a woman. I normally do. But I do not take off my underwear because that's weird and gross. Yeah, and no masseuse should be touching down there anyway. So I don't know. Tony took off his shirt. Why are we getting yelled at? I mean, I thought it was unnecessary, but him saying sorry is always really funny. Yeah. And he got kind of punished when Britt insisted that his hair was, or his chest was too hairy, and so they needed to get it waxed, and we had like a 40-year-old virgin, virgin segment where 
I think they just really ripped Tony's chest hair out, and it probably yeah, hurt a lot. I don't know how you could fake that, so. <laughs> yeah. He didn't, he didn't look as uncomfortable as Steve Carell, but he did look surprised. I don't think he bled, at least not on camera. Oh, good, because that would, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Tony getting hurt like that. This was good. Uh, I like Britt and Tony together. They're a master comedic duo. And, you know, minor spoiler alert, after tonight, I think that, it's just weird, it's weird that, like, Big Swole won that match at the pay-per-view over mm-hmm. Britt Baker, but I think that Britt Baker is in a much stronger position as far as the division goes than Big Swole is at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's definitely how they're positioning her. Mm-hmm. And how they've always positioned her. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that Brit Tony, I think turning Brit heel was a huge because things were not going well. Um, I felt like they were pushing her down her throat, and she wasn't very good. But like turning her heel and letting her do like the promos and stuff, like she's real good. And then when they paired her up with Tony, it's like yeah, gold. It is. I almost feel like I almost feel like she should win the title at full gear. I worry that she's gotten really good at everything besides the wrestling part. I liked her match last week, though. Yeah, but she's still not what I would call amazing. Well, I don't think they have... I, I just think that division is really... women's division you know, is really not where I would like it to be right you know. now. It's, it's tough. Yeah. But I don't know that you give it to Britt... I think Britt has been effective at doing her thing without, like, giving her the title when she's not up to the caliber of So you don't really even think she needs the title? I don't think she needs the title. I think it's she's like a Chris Jericho, where, not, I mean, you know, yeah. she, not... No, I, I understand, yeah. Well, she's modeling her character after Chris Jericho. She said that multiple times. So, no, we'll I agree with you, Jenny. I think you wait to pull the title off of Sheeta until you have someone that's good enough to beat her. Maggie, you there? Yeah. Sorry, it must have dropped out. Okay. Cody and Orange. Okay. Well, one last thing I'll say, though, is, uh, Britt will be in action next week. We don't know who against, but she's showing up. So just FYI. After that, we get our TNT Championship title match between Orange Cassidy and Cody. And thank God, guys, Cody's blonde again. Yay. I was happy. I was so over that dark hair. Yeah, I didn't like the black hair. Yeah, it's just. I think I just need him to be blonde. Except our friend Jason is happy. Yeah, I saw his message to us that was like, he dyed his hair again, but it's like he dyed his hair back to what it was before I, he went on a show. I liked, I, I, I like Cody's natural hair color a little bit more than I like the blonde Cody, but I like anything better than the black dyed hair Cody. Yeah. Yeah, that was it was too dark for his complexion. And for a second, 
I thought he had a new neck tattoo, but it was just tape around his <laughs> traps. Yes, and that, uh, Jenny, is something that comes up a lot in this match because we are made to remember that Cody really screwed up his neck during last week's dog collar match with Mr. Brody Lee. Yeah, it seems like maybe it was something unnecessary and had long-term yeah. impacts. Or Yeah, or maybe it was all work. Either way, the championship does not change hands because we get a time limit draw so that Cody retains the championship. But it looks like Orange, man, Orange was like a second away from winning. Yeah, it, it sure looked that way. I, uh, I was surprised that they did, did it like this. But I, I guess, you know, you don't want to beat Orange Cassidy again because, you know, he just, he just lost that match to Birdie Lee. Yeah, but they keep putting him in these title matches and then not giving him the title, which is fine because I don't honestly see him having the title. It's just really not doing much for him. He's kind of the jungle boy this time around. Yeah. Well, we were told that that Darby Allen is going to get the next shot of the title and that's going to be at full gear. But before that, Cody and Orange are going to do a rematch on the what is that? two weeks from now the, so that'll be the episode on the 28th of october presumably the halloween themed episode um same night nxt is doing halloween havoc so AEW better step up and i wonder if it's possible that they could do another undecisive finish and we end up with a three-way at the pay-per-view I'd be fine with that. Or do you think Cody's just going to beat him and then move on to Darby? Or do you think Orange I mean, is going to win? I don't think they're going to give the title to Orange because I don't think his character is that kind of character that has a title ever. I do like that when the bell rang and he got up, the first thing he did was like he turned around to the referee and held out his hands like he was going to receive the title. <laughs> Oh, I'm just here for formalities. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a, a really fun match. I liked how at the beginning Cody was trying to bait him into doing a lockup because he's never done one before. And with all the chances he had to kind of just tackle Orange right off the bat, he still kind of, he tried to like move at him and then stop. And like Cody, Cody's playing the game. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, this was my favorite match of the show. And uh, I was, yeah, I didn't see the finish coming. Did you Did you at any point buy that uh, Orange is going to win? Like when you, hit that, when you hit that second beach break in the ring, did you think for a second maybe? I did. I was like, I went in thinking there's no way. And then it started to turn. And I don't know. I wouldn't have been upset by Orange winning. I just... The Russell math in my head doesn't work out because Orange is, for better or worse, like a comedy act. Even though he's very talented, I do not mean to diminish his role in any way. I just, it's hard for me to picture them taking the title away from Cody, Prince of Wrestling, to give it to Orange. Mm -hmm. Megan, I also agreed. I went in, like, thinking, no way he's going to get this. But then, like, for a second during the match, they had me. Yeah, I think that's good. 
it's yeah, compelling. Like successful, right? Yeah. yeah. They got the job done. Um, Cody is acting like a heel, and Arn is not here for it. <laughs> he gets visibly mad at him. He does. When Cody did the push-ups, like, after a pen attempt and Orange kicked out, he, he like, went into, like, doing a, three, a set of three push-ups. Yeah. And Arn did not look thrilled about it. Yeah. Are we sure that Cody's not doing any sort of enhancement? No, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen his piss tests, personally, if that's what you mean. <laughs> He's just like... Oh, you're not like, checking those weekly? <laughs> like Dave Meltzer said, the traps don't lie. Uh-huh. And his traps are... Telling some stories. Tell, telling a lot of stories than they were two months ago. Saying where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm not saying that. I'm just like, I I am surprised by such a quick transformation in the body. Hmm. Yeah. So the traps are like the hips? Yeah. They, okay. I, I feel like Cody, if he was taking anything, he'd be bigger. I'm not saying he's not like... In shape, Do but you maybe think he's just like on a super super diet, and so we're just seeing more bone and muscle. He's leaner. Oh, gosh, the dog. <laughs> he's leaner than I would expect if he was taking stuff. Okay. He is lean. So maybe that's why maybe that's why his body looks so much different. Maybe it just looks more defined because he has like shed a neck water and like he doesn't look like a Brian Cage, you know? Nobody looks like Brian Cage. No, that's true, but they shouldn't because that's <laughs> not what humans look like. <laughs> if I mean, they're naturally doing stuff. Cody is a man who once said that steroids are for assholes so well and i i i'm not accusing him of of steroid usage i just like it's just a quick body transformation so i was just asking if anyone had heard anything he was also uh during his break like on television which i think he's always on television but in a tv show it's even more probably like pressure to look really really good true so, I don't know. I think Cody looks like a man who does exercise. And, yeah, and diet. And, yeah, like, it, he does not look to me like he's roiding up. Yeah, it do, It looks more like a, like, training camp MMA level than a roid issue. Yeah, like, maybe he, you can like... You tell he's doing something different. In Florida, maybe he put on his sweatpants and sweatshirt and winter jacket and ran around the the stadium a couple times. He just got real water weight lean and then went in there and wrestled and then went home and had like a cheeseburger. Hopefully. Probably not a cheeseburger. <laughs> what pairs well with delicious Pinot? He probably had that. <laughs> All right. Well, Cody is our champion, and um, drug-free Bear probably wouldn't allow him to do anything. That's true, Megan. Untoward. That is so true. Yeah. So he, I think they're still best friends. So I believe Cody is our champion, our drug-free champion yes. for the moment. <laughs> Who is on like some sort of like crazy training and diet program? Yes. It's beyond me, but 
these people are paid for it, so I good for them. Let's go backstage. Poor Alex Marvez is trying to interview Jake and Lance, and it goes about as well as it usually does for Marvez. Um, he says, hey, like, what's going on? Why, why the attack on Moxley? And Lance doesn't answer, but Jake says, you know, he was there, so obviously. And then Moxley comes flying into frame and tries to attack Lance, and a bunch of people try to break them apart. One of them is, I think, that blonde wrestler guy who's always standing in for positions where they need someone to take a bump but he yes that guy took a hell of a forearm on this show yep lance just straight up knocks him down and you know they get pulled apart but the segment ends when that guy just slams into the ground really hard so yeah they're mad these boys don't realize they have a match tonight and they can just vent their frustrations there well, this, this does uh, lead to an announcement at some point later that their match is now no disqualification. Yep. Yep. We'll get to that. Um, after that segment, we go to a nicer interview where Tony is ringside with Matt Hardy. And Matt says, you know, I'm so proud of it. AEW as a company and everyone that works here because it's our one year anniversary which might be the first mention of it in the night um, <laughs> but Matt points it out like a pro and then says as of tonight he is 100% healthy and cleared to return so naturally we're going to need to cut to video on the big screen so we see a hooded figure That's walking elaborate past elaborate Darby Allen type shit it really is except it's in color so you know it's not Darby Allen yeah. because um, but somebody has hung up on what looks like, uh, like dryer line, these pictures of Matt Hardy of all stages and this hooded figure is walking by them and then lights them on fire and surprise, surprise, we find out it's Sammy. Sammy is still mad about that whole thing they had going before he says he's the one that took out Matt backstage the one time with a knee, which... You know, Jericho got blamed. But it was Sammy, and he basically says, this isn't over until I send Matt home for good. We cut back to Matt. He's mad about this. I would and... be too. I would be like, why is this company literally trying to kill me? <laughs> he asked Tony, did you know about this? Tony's like, no. They don't tell me shit. Um, but yeah. Going after Sammy is going to be his first order of business, and since he's all healthy and stuff, I assume it'll start next week. It, this feud, this is like, this is like you, you somehow, like, you were cursed by the mummy. Like, you broke into the mummy's tomb, and then the mummy cursed you. And then you somehow escaped the mummy's curse with your life. But, you decided to break into the tomb again. <laughs> Not good enough. Yeah. I don't need my life. I need vengeance. Yeah. Why? I just don't know why. Like, th like nothing but bad things have happened as a result of this feud. And mostly to Matt Hardy. <laughs> yes. This much is true. Oh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think this is a good idea, but ho hopefully they'll just have a wrestling match now. But, but like the stakes of this feud are so high at this point. I can't, they can't just have a wrestling match, you know? Uh. Yeah. 
But if they have another match where Matt gets a concussion, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I know. We can't we can't be having the same conversation we had after uh all out. Yeah, and I believe at some point Matt was like when he had to take a leave because of the concussion said the feud with Sammy is over. He did. He yeah. did say that. And I was so thankful. Yeah, so yeah, I don't think this is a good idea, but I guess I guess we'll see how they handle it. Yeah, we shall see. I I guess with the big tournament happening next week next week, maybe I'm overestimating how quickly it goes down. But uh Maybe we'll you just know. get a segment next week or another interview with somebody. Yes. Because the next thing we're getting to is scheduled for next week, and this is why I was like, it's going to be a packed show. We have a tag team match next week, a four-way tag team match, to determine who the number one contender to face FTR at full gear is going to be. And so there's a whole ceremony around this because we have to pick four teams to be in this, and you've got Paul Turner and Bryce Remsburg in the ring. There's this bingo hopper, and Bryce is spinning it. Paul Turner's pulling names out, and Tony's reading them off. So <laughs> here are the teams that are in this four-way match. I'm excited Bra- anytime there's a Royal Rumble tumbler, by the way. Yeah. It's, you've, you've got me. Yeah. Well, it you know, like, it's a surprise. Um, Private Party gets picked first. They're very excited. John Silver and uh, Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order get picked next, and they literally like jump into the air with excitement so they're here for it didn't this didn't that seem to you like like it was like the young bucks giving them a present for getting over on bte yeah because you know they're not gonna win yeah but it's like hey you get to have a featured dynamite match yeah i good for them you know get them out there they've earned it but yeah yeah so uh they got picked and then butcher and the blade got picked and the last pick (laughs) I love Tony's reaction. <laughs> Tony reads the paper. He goes, young bucks. And then he like scrunches it up and throws it down. <laughs> he just rolls his eyes. I'm like, thank you, Tony. And the young bucks look, oh, so surprised that they're picked. What do you get? So um, best non-wrestler this year. Last year we picked Tony. I, th- I would almost say Tony again, but I really like Taz this year. Mm, no, Tony over Taz. Jenny's not going to vote for Taz. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. But what about Dasha? I feel like she gets a mention. She's Dasha fun. Dasha should be in the in the in the mix. Mix. I mean, Mega's been on quite a few dynamites, guys. <laughs> Jenny yeah. was saving up like... my criticism from last year, where I said Mega doesn't play a part on television. <laughs> Megan, I'm not kidding you. That criticism has come to my mind once a week since then. Because Mega's not on television. No, she has been on three different Dynamites this year. That's the lowest ratio of active person per Dynamite as episode that there is. Like, <laughs> I love Mega, Jenny. I really do. How many times do. has Dasha been on other than just, like, saying people's names? Yeah, Dasha's Multiple not times. much of a Dynamite character. Mm-hmm. But she's, hey, a good, I wasn't... she's a good, like, BTE character sometimes. Yeah. And I wasn't saying she wins the category. I'm just saying she's in the mix. But it's probably Tony again. Wait, did Tony yeah. win or did Aubrey Edwards win? Oh, I don't remember. I'd have to go back and listen to her. I episode. don't think Aubrey's in my, like, I, I would vote Tony over Aubrey at this time. I think, honestly, like, I think Bryce is kind of zoomed by her as far as my favorite referee this year. I do like Bryce. 
I think you have to split out the categories, though, to be fair, of non-wrestler and then referee. Yeah, but I think last year, like, she was good enough and new enough that she didn't need to be in the referee category. Yeah, I'm just saying we could recognize, like, two different segments. Because the referees are non-wrestlers, and they show up on TV way more than most other non-wrestlers. Well, we got a couple of months to think about it. Yeah, this is all very important, but, uh... (laughs) I mean, I think what we've determined is that Tony's brilliant, and he's got some great segments on this, this show tonight well, I've, got, I've got our beaties list from last year okay correct history for us i think aubrey won so we called the we called it best supporting character and uh actually orange cassidy won oh mm. but aubrey because won. orange cassidy didn't wrestle a lot last year that's, that's right, right yeah orange would definitely not be eligible for that category he this year not. yeah and neither would wardlow who is also in the because oh, yeah. wardlow started wrestling more too and Jake Hager. Yeah, all these characters turned into actual wrestlers. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> One year in. Yeah. Okay, well, oh, keep that in mind then. But I just thought Tony's performance in this segment was great because he was so over the fact the Young Bucks are getting this opportunity. Very bitter. The Young Bucks don't do much to help their situation. They, they come down to the ring, and they take the mic, and they say, Hey, Tony, don't worry. We're not here to super kick you. Promise. But we are here to super kick these guys. And then uh, one young buck each kicks, super kicks one member of the Dark Order and the Butcher and the Blade. And then um, they start to destroy the ring setup, and chaos ensues. Tony, luckily, I think, gets out of there. The refs run, too, but... The Young Bucks are causing trouble, and they eventually get to the point where they've knocked everybody out of the ring except for Private Party. They briefly pretend to be their friends, and then they super kick them. I just, I think the Young Bucks can do better heels than just a super kick. Like, I I would like them to, like, get more creative with their heel turn, because right now it's just been all super kick, and it was funny the first time, funny, like, maybe the second time, and then it stopped being funny me it was funny when they pretended that nick was there when he wasn't and two legs yeah struck out at tony shivani but then <laughs> only matt was there afterwards right but i guess I, that was the second time i thought it was funny yeah here's what i don't like about this segment do you remember at the last before the last pay-per-view the way that ftr got their title shot was they won a gauntlet match that was based on the rankings Mm-hmm. So I think it was like it was like the, what, the the top four teams and the number four team had to start and then the number three team was second and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. This time around, it's just it, it, rankings don't matter at all. It's just like like oh, just throw some names in a hopper and whoever gets lucky will will get a chance at this title. Rankings can't always bet. <coughs> <coughs> well, so much for a no edit edition of. Uh, She's got the vid. <laughs> you okay? Megan, don't say that. I'm Jenny. You quarantine better than most people I know. You're fine. I think you got a skinny girl down the wrong pipe. 
What were you going to say, Jenny? I don't know. You were going to say something about uh, rankings can't always matter or something. Yeah, that's all. I was just going to say they've got to switch it up a bit. Rankings can't always matter. I guess so, but... Now, yeah. Andy, do you have a problem with that? Because I think this is their their way of getting around the corner they've painted themselves in with rankings where they hold special events so that you can win the chance to do something outside of the construct of rankings good point megan okay thank you because otherwise they'd have to spend a lot of time building up who they want to match up with people when convenience for story they can just start a tournament <laughs> right. right otherwise dark would have to be 16 matches every time mm. oh yeah okay i withdraw my complaint Good. I'm glad we've argued you down. Yes. That's what this show is all about. All right. Well, rankings-wise, I feel like this kind of comes into play in the next match. Um, we've got Big Swole facing Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's World Championship. And as Jenny had mentioned during the Brit segment, like, seems weird that Brit's getting the opportunity because I believe Big Swole is the number one contender, ranking-wise. Well, probably not after this. Well, no, she did lose. She lost when Hikaru Shida did the Tomashi. And uh, I don't know. This felt a little messy. Yep. I think, I hate to say this because I like Big Swole, but I think she was out of her league here. Yeah. I, I feel like, I like Big Swole a lot, but I feel like she's not ready for this level of match her matches always seem a little hesitant and sloppy sometimes yeah i think she was in over her head so just as a question i wasn't sure if it was sheeta's fault or swole's fault because the messiest parts to me look like every time sheeta tried to get swole up for a move it just did not work and is that swole not going up correctly or yeah i think typically that's like the person not not going up okay because yeah poor Sheeta looked like she was having some real trouble muscling swole up like over the barrier the one time and anything that was like a suplex or over the head it just it was a struggle mm-hmm. so you think that was more swole I thought so. That was, that was what, that was my read on what it was when I was watching. I wasn't sure either way. I just those over the head moves. I'm like, Swole must be real heavy. Sheeta must have sk- skipped like an arm day or something, but it just was not working out. And I thought these two had had a better match at some point in the past, but maybe I'm misremembering. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, JR had a really fun moment on commentary where he just said, these women are working hard to get better. And then there was like five seconds of silence. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't cool. think Sheeta needs to work hard to get better. I just didn't know where that was supposed to go. It did not launch conversation in any significant way. <laughs> it's yeah, just, like, just like awkward. We're not taking a bullet. We're not going <laughs> to go down this path with we're you, not, JR. We're not going to be a part of this particular Twitter outrage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It felt like he almost had, like, an ending part to his thesis statement here, but then he just stopped, and then none of the other announcers, like, jumped in to help him. It was weird. Um, 
they actually all the announcers seem to be having some trouble. They like, did. Tony had two instances where like he was unable to complete a sentence. Even Excalibur seemed stuck at some points during this match, and I don't know why. They weren't doing weird stuff. <sighs> oh yeah, Tony briefly thought it was nineteen ninety at the beginning yeah. of the show. Right. Maybe and maybe for him, like him accidentally doing that then just like kinda threw him for maybe, the know. next thing. But you're right, Excalibur also had some trouble too. Yeah, all around this was kind of an awkward affair. I don't know why, but something didn't click. I mean, click. they knew that the anniversary was not going well, and... <laughs> they hadn't mentioned it in a couch. while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no I guess that's true. home, you know, flowers. A, flowers or candy or a card. Maybe they, maybe, or maybe they'd bring home a card, but it was a jokey card that, like, didn't hit well. Uh, yeah. That's, the worst. Yeah. I mean, where was the steak and lobster and champagne? Yeah. They're like, maybe this is going to be a surprise, but we're getting half, we're over halfway through the evening and nothing's happened, so you're losing hope about that surprise, and it really is just, like, somebody forgot. Yeah. Ooh, tough times. Um, Nyla Rose was watching. She looked bitter. I honestly, Nyla, I, I think you ride it out with Vicky and just beat up other people for the moment. It's fine. But I think that's what we were supposed to take from this. Hikaru won and Nyla was bitter. They did, uh, apparently, they did a storyline on Dark last week where Nyla, after Nyla won a match against Killing King or something like that, um, Vicky cut a promo and said that Nyla is not going to wrestle anymore unless it's for the title. Oh, okay. Oh. And she's not getting the full gear shot, right, Britta's? Oh, no, nobody's... That hasn't been announced. Oh. I guess we announced it on our show. We speculated on it on our show. <laughs> Britt seems confident, yeah. Because I was just going to ask, like, who do you think... She's going to fight at the next pay-per-view. I mean, because last pay-per-view they found Thunder Rosa, and that was a great match, and it was so nice to see someone, like, with actual wrestling talent wrestle someone with actual wrestling talent. Mm-hmm. We got to get Serena Deeb moved up in yes. the Yes. Serena rankings. Deeb and Sheeta would have an excellent match. How can we – maybe they could do, like, a, a lottery? They need What they need to do – don't do it for this pay-per-view. They need to, like, get Serena Deeb on, like, a winning streak on Dark for the next couple of months. And then you talk about that all the time. And then have her start getting some wins on Dynamite leading up to the February pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if she runs up, like, you, in that time, you could get her, like, nine or ten wins in a row. I know. I'm just worried I'm going to have to watch another Britt Baker versus Sheena match or a Nyla Rose versus Sheena match. I feel like you for sure are going to. And I'm not up for that again. Interesting that you would say that. Um, Because I think that the last Nyla Rose Hikaru Sheena match was really good. Like maybe the best match in the history of their women's division. And I also really liked the Britt Baker Sheena match from February in, uh, or uh, from, no, it was April in Atlanta or in Georgia with the um where she got the busted nose. That that was good. Yeah. Um but you can't 
break someone's nose every match. No, but I think that that be... I, I think that match will have like some interest because of that. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like the Nyla Sheeta match was much better than the previous Nyla Sheeta match, mm-hmm. and I think at that point we were just kind of starved for a good women's match. But I don't know that that match compared to the Thunder Rosa Sheeta match or the Serena Deeb versus. Thunder Rosa match. Thunder Rosa match. I thought it was better. They were allowed to do a lot more because it was like a hardcore match. I don't like hardcore matches. I, I also know that. <laughs> well, I'm assuming we'll find out who Sheeta gets to go up against in the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Three weeks, you said, before yeah. full gear? Yeah, I um, I don't know. I just I don't I don't want another awkward match like this one. That's all I'm gonna go for. I would be willing to see another Nyla Rose, Sheeta match or a Brit Sheeta match. I hope Brit can keep practicing on the wrestling part. But if nothing else, she's very good at being a heel. So whatever, we'll see. After this match, we get a video from Sean Spears, who um, is just, like, real mad that everybody loves Scorpio, because he's a cool dude, and, uh... And he doesn't need his wife to prop him up. Well, yep, as far as I know, Scorpio doesn't have a wife to prop him up, and that's okay, but, um, Sean Spears is mad, because apparently Scorpio stole a moment from him when he came out the other week and helped out Matt Seidel, who Sean Spears was being really mean to and beating up. So that was a moment Sean Spears was counting on. And since Scorpio ruined it, he's mad at Scorpio. I like that Sean Spears thought that his, like, just beating up Matt Seidel after a match was over was going to be as iconic as when he, like, came in and destroyed Cody Rhodes with a chair. Yeah, right. (laughs) Like, these are equal things. <laughs> they showed video of it, and I'm like, mm, bud, that was just like a match on yeah. Dynamite. Late night Dynamite. But you know Late what? Night I, can't, I can't blame them for trying to get people interested in a, in a match, so I'm sure that hopefully, like, this will be, you know, a little bit of an elevated Dynamite match when it actually happens. I can't imagine yeah. this is a pay-per-view match, but maybe. Pretty hard. Yeah. I'm not upset about a giving Scorpio a match. I support any Scorpio match and highly recommend usage of black skinny jeans. Yep, Scorpio wear clothes that are very hard to wrestle in. Just do it. <laughs> well, with all that being said, we finally get to our main event, and that is the... AEW World Championship match with no DQs between Lance Archer and John Moxley. Guys, spoiler alert, we do not have a new champ. John Moxley retains. Lance tried to give him that blackout and Moxley him rolled him up. Well he yeah, he did. He succeeded, but you know, like Moxley uh powered through it and then rolled him up. It was weird. 
It was like he hit him with his finisher, but then was too susceptible to a roll-up from a man who he just hit, had his finisher hit on. He got too confident. I guess. I don't know. I, I liked the match, but I just thought the finish was strange. Yeah, it's hard because they clearly don't want to make either guy look weak, but yeah, somebody was, has to lose. That was very apparent <laughs> after the match. When... <laughs> yeah, good. Oh, um, okay. So Lance loses. Lance is mad makes sense lance starts he kicks moxley in the face and like gets him down and then starts to like get on top of him and do the ground and pound stuff and eddie kingston who has joined the commentary for this match with his friends the lucha brothers behind him yells to the lucha brothers go help him and so they pick up chairs that were thrown in the ring and you think they're gonna help lance and actually they help Moxley because they hit Lance with the chair. Lance looks ready to fight, but Jake is like, hey, bud, now is not the time. So they retreat. And then... Yeah, I thought that, like, the way Lance reacted to being hit with a chair, which was, like, not really at all, like, barely registering it, I just <laughs> thought, yeah, I, I kind of think he could just take all three of them right now if he wanted to, but he just he just walked away. Well, Jake, as his handler, demanded it, but then also there were early shots in this match where they're conveying the fact that Jake maybe doesn't have control of Lance. Yeah. So. Over since he <laughs> wrote everybody dies on Jake's back <laughs> and then ripped his shirt off of him. I think that's been it's... pretty clear. Lance, why do we have to do it this way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't know. That was kind of like a mixed message, but I do understand that Moxley is our champion and you don't want to make him look weak. Lance is a very formidable foe, so you don't want him to look weak. So he just voluntarily disengaged from this because his handler told him to, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so Eddie Kingston's like, hey, John, we're good buds. John Moxley is post-match looking like kind of out of it, you know, he's had a hard time of it, and now you've got Eddie Kingston in here being weird and suspicious, and he starts monologuing about how much he loves John Moxley and how they had a great, like, like he and Lance had a great match, and he and Moxley had a great match, and even though Eddie never tapped out, like, he respects Moxley. Um, he talks about how it's been one year for the company, so we're getting that anniversary thing in, and that Moxley's been the one to carry it on his back, which is great as a champion. And so he's like, hey, Moxley, like, let's take a minute to celebrate you. And he raises his hand up for him and has the Lucha Bros raise their hands up too. And then he just is a bad man and he hits Moxley, knocks him down, puts him in a rear naked choke, and the Lucha Brothers move so that they keep any referees who want to interfere and break this up away. And uh, Eddie Kingston chokes out John Moxley. Because he's Batman. I just want to point out that uh, I was right. Okay. Well, you and Jenny, you're both so quick to point out how right you are. Yeah. No, like like two two or three weeks ago, I I called that the that the title match at Full Gear would be a Kingston Moxley rematch. I just I don't like Eddie Kingston. I don't like I. I don't think I'm going to like him as a wrestler, but I have been liking his promo stuff. His promos are good. 
Criminals are good. He had a baby face turn with the... Black Lives Matter shirt, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not denying that. That's a good shirt. I just... uh, Like, at one point he on commentary, he was, like, talking about how Moxley turned on everybody because he left... He left us all behind, all the guys in the indies, and he was supposed to take us with him. Which, like, I don't know, oh, bro. That's, like, that's, yeah. make your own way. Yeah, he's a heel, <laughs> Megan. Well, you're telling me he's a face with his Black Lives Matter shirt and his promos. I'm just saying, like, guy sucks. <laughs> well, I think, I think you could see your, your boy uh, beat the shit out of him on uh, November 4th or whenever. Good. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But outside of that, you know, I was impressed with uh, how little Lance Archer made John Moxley look. He's a freaking large man. Mm-hmm. And his shoulder tackle, it's like very reminiscent of Keith Lee and just shouldering little Adam Cole, Adam Cole into like the NXT audience. Oh yeah, that rule. I loved it so much. I think Lance had a moment where uh, Moxley tried tried to run the ropes and he just poof, knocked him halfway across the ring. So that was pretty cool. No. No. <laughs> Eva Marie's dad? Oh yeah, Eva Marie signed uh, with WWE, Megan. I uh, I saw that. That's surprising to me. Um, didn't she, she leave? Burned some bridges. Well, yeah. You know, time heals all wounds. Wasn't she upset, though? Like, they were mean to her, essentially? Yeah, but, you know, like, where, have you seen Eva Marie popping up on uh, on anything else lately? No, has she been yeah. trying to be an actress? <laughs> Is or, that... I don't know, something. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, Dynamite Anniversary. What do we think? Disappointing. Would not have been happy if this was my anniversary okay Megan it was a fine show I'm confused about the lack of celebration about the anniversary but other than that that was fine okay Jenny can I ask your opinion on Matt Jackson's hair is it not beautiful it's so long and thick yeah that was my like one of my takeaways from this show is you might hate his energy but can you deny his hair? I cannot deny his hair. I wish my hair was that pretty. Okay. Okay. I'll take this. I'll take this feedback. I love Mac Jackson. I think he's great. And uh, all your criticisms about his weird energy. I just need one positive point from you. Yeah. I can, and if I can it's get the behind hair. that. I, you know, I can support, I can support his brother. I can. <laughs> of course. <laughs> You and Nick Jackson. All right. Okay, well, let me ask you this then. Now, this is that, you know, you don't have to be prepared. There's nothing, you know, like, because I'm springing this on you at the last second, but with a year of dynamite in the books, Jenny. Oh, God. What's Jenny your favorite, breathed heavily. What's your favorite dynamite moment? Oh, my God. Um,.
That's such an expansive question. Mm-hmm. It, oh, does BTE oh, I count? Have one. Okay. I have one. I think my favorite dynamite moment may have been when, um, I think it was on like maybe the second or third episode where Jericho and the inner circle were up in that like owner's box drinking a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah. And then <laughs> they had, um, the, the brawl all over the arena. Yeah. And, the, and that involved, um, dipping dots. Yeah. 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 Cody wrapped his scarf around his hand to punch out the window. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked that. Was that was pretty good. That was really good. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Megan? <laughs> um, I am just now realizing that all the moments I'm thinking of are from pay-per-views, uh-huh. uh, which is not helpful. Um, gosh. That, the moment Jenny said was pretty good. Um, uh, I almost want to go with that because I think the only other thing I can think of is like, oh, no, I got a new one. Uh, when Moxley hit Jericho over the head with his bit of the bubbly and then stole his car. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good one. Um, I think my favorite moment of dynamite was the segment where Cody took the 10 lashes from MJF. Oh, oh damn. Gross. I turned around on that segment. I ended up really liking it. I, 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 I did not. I didn't like that at all. I, another good moment I thought was Adam and Kenny winning the tag team on the boat. Oh yeah. That was really the crowd. Like, carried adam away yeah like, and like uh and that was a really good match that that was fun i liked the boat episode of dynamite as well the boat episode yeah. was good it was like a field trip yeah i think i had filed those away as like a separate thing but that's a good callback because i really desperately wanted to pick the elite match with adam and kenny versus the young bucks because i just loved it so much that's my favorite match still, but that was a pay-per-view, right? Yeah, that's, that's like yeah. definitely the best match in the, yeah, the tournament, or the uh, uh, promotion's history. Okay, let us talk about the anniversary episode of Dynamite's ratings. Because... Is it sleeping on the couch? It <laughs> is... I was a little bit disappointed. They, they were actually down... 3% from the Jericho celebration show which is wild because last week's Dynamite, if you remember, was up against the the, the Kamala Harris uh, Mike Pence debate which did like 52 million viewers so yeah. there, there was no I mean there was, you know, there was your normal like spray of like cable news programming that uh, did well on Wednesday but yeah, like I but no super event like that. And Dynamite actually, it was up a little bit in viewers, but it was down in the 18 to 49. So I don't know. It wasn't a disaster or anything. It was 826,000 viewers, but they were down at 15th place among uh, cable programming. Huh. Yeah. And NXT, for the second week in a row, failed to crack the top 50. No, NXT, come on. Yeah. Yeah, but 
I guess, uh, oh, The Masked Singer is doing well. That seems like the dumbest show. Six and a half million viewers. Jesus Christ. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. AEW. Not good. Um, I super oh, hope that, that closer to Halloween we get, like, actual costumes this year. Yes, I really, I, like I said earlier, like, NXT seems to be going all out for Halloween this year with, like, a Halloween Havoc-themed show. I'm mm. sure there will be lots of costumes. Uh, I want AEW to do something similar, because all those guys love Halloween, because they do a BTE Halloween special every year. Right. Yeah. I was really surprised last year when it didn't seem like that big of a deal, and the only costumes we got were the Rick and Morty-branded best friends. And Kenny did one kind of lower... Yeah, he Lower did the key. he did the um from uh well that's like what's that game called Megan um uh f- f- something tail Undertale Undertale yes yeah, right yeah. yeah yeah so we'll hope for that and uh, next week as we said we've got the we got that tournament and we've also got that four way tag match which I so I mean on paper that looks like a really strong dynamite for matches do you think that's all the matches five of like. And Five then, seems then, pretty standard. And then Brit's uh, squash match, yeah. Okay, yeah. Th- well, that won't take much time. No. And will surely uh, take place in the segment before the main event because that's where the women's match is every single week. <laughs> the death slot. Even on this show where there was a title match. <laughs> All right, well, uh, any other thoughts, feelings? No? All right. Watch well, BTE. See yeah. Adam Page with a pumpkin on his head. I might I might check out BTE. Alright, everybody. For Megan and for Jenny, I'm Andy. We're calling it. This has been the Elite Beat. E Elite Beat. E E Elite Beat. <laughs>